Good morning, Riverview. Welcome to RCC Online. This morning we are continuing our series, Living in Light of Eternity. This is a series we began way back in January at a point where we never could have imagined where we would be right now. We never could have thought that we would be sitting in the situation where we are right now in our world, but God knew, and that's why I really believe us to do this series, which is completely focused on living life with an eternal perspective. If you recall, this series is based on the book of Philippians, which is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, really urging them not to focus on what was going on around them, but to focus on God and the life that he was calling them to live. Because that is the way that Paul was living himself, and he desired the church to do the same. If you think back to January, when we were in Philippians chapter 1, we shared about how Paul is actually writing this letter to the church while he is imprisoned, or literally he's actually under house arrest, which for Paul meant a few things. It meant that he could not leave his home. His normal way of life was completely cut off. He couldn't travel, he couldn't go to the places that he wanted to go to. He couldn't see the people that he wanted to see. And he could not physically connect with the church. Now, does that sound familiar? Uh, Yeah, it sounds very much like what we're dealing with right now today. Paul was struggling with social distancing 2,000 years ago. And it wasn't just that Paul himself was struggling. He was also writing to a church that was in a tough spot. At this point in history, the Philippian church was facing persecution, lots of different hardships, and these hardships were causing anxiety to grow up within them. And so Paul specifically wrote the passage we're going to look at today to speak to that anxiety that was growing in the church. And I really believe that God also wants to use this particular passage to speak to any of those feelings or worries or fears that have begun to creep into us too. And personally, like I've noticed that this is starting to happen to me. And I didn't really realize how much until about a week ago. Let me explain. Like over the years, as I've shared with you on Sunday mornings, I've talked often about my allergies, that I'm allergic to animals, I'm allergic to different foods, but I also have asthma. And that combination from what I've heard from multiple people, uh, different doctors I've talked to, they say that that combination makes me more susceptible to the coronavirus and even could increase the severity if I were to get it. So as I've been watching the news and getting all these updates on my phone, I've realized that I've kind of started to feel more of this weight. And some of that anxiety is creeping in as I started to worry about uh, my, own, my own health. And I say like it's creeped in because I feel like that's what those feelings, those anxious feelings do, is like they kind of sneak in and they shift our attention off of God and then like so subtly, you know, lock it into something else, which is right now for many of us, lock it into this whole pandemic that is spreading across the earth. And so if you're like me, you may be battling with some of the anxious feelings too. Uh, Maybe for your own health, maybe for the health of your parents or grandparents. 
Or maybe it's the financial aspect of this crisis that's getting you as you're maybe worrying about how to provide for your family. Or maybe it's just, what's the future going to look like? I don't know. And no matter what's causing any anxiety within you, I really believe that Jesus wants to speak to that this morning. And I feel like the answer is found in his word and in the power of his spirit. So let's just pray as we dive in and just ask God to have his way in us. Would you pray with me? Uh, Heavenly Father, it's in the name of Jesus that we come before you today. God, I just pray that your spirit would soften our hearts to be able to receive the truth of your word. God, I pray that you would help our minds to grasp with understanding what you have for us. And Lord, I pray that you'd bury this this truth deep within our hearts. God, I really do believe that you can give a peace that transcends all understanding and all circumstances. And Lord, I just pray that over our church and over myself too. Um, Lord, I know that it's not by anything that I say that anyone's life is transformed or changed. It's only by your spirit. So God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would speak through me, that you'd have your way in all of our hearts and minds this morning, and uh, that we just experience you, the goodness of you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So where we're going to be is Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 6. So turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians 4, and we're only going to read a couple verses today. So really verses 6 through 8. And I'll start in Philippians 4, verse 6. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So my goal for today is to talk about anxiety, uh, what anxiety is from a biblical perspective, to talk about why it's so damaging and what it does to us, and then really give God's game plan from moving us from anxiety to his perfect peace. And so first, I want to talk about what anxiety is. And you see that word anxious in verse 6. It comes from a Greek Uh, root word, which means to be drawn in different directions. So drawn in different directions, it kind of brings up this idea of distraction. So imagine a sign like this. Look at all those different options. You could go to this city, you could go to this place, the arrows are shooting all over the place. It's overwhelming. You know, you could look at that sign and think, what if I go that way? What if I take that road? What if this happens? What if, what if, what if? If we focus on all those different directions for long enough, you get loaded down with the what ifs. And I want you to hear this. Anxiety grows and thrives in the soil of what ifs. I'll say it again. Anxiety grows and thrives in the soil of what ifs. It's when our minds are just focused on all these different things that could happen. And we're saying, what if, what if, what if? When that happens, we get distracted off the one thing that we desperately need to keep our eyes focused on, which is Jesus. And when we get distracted off of him and start focusing on all these other things that could happen, anxiety will begin to grow within us. And so look at what anxiety does. Keep your finger in Philippians 4. 
and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Uh, if you're new to the Bible, kind of open it up in the middle. You might hit Psalms, and then Proverbs is right after that. So Proverbs 12, verse 25. It says this, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Let me read that first part again. Focus in there. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. I really connect with this idea of weight. I probably would have described it as a weight myself, just like feeling this, this heaviness. Sometimes it's like a weight that's, that's on my chest that's weighing me down. It pulls me down. It's kind of like anxiety and worry is something that we carry. It's kind of like an anchor, sort of like the anchor that I have right here. So you see this anchor. This is, uh, it's got an anchor, a chain on the end of it. And I actually do have some experience with anchors. And I want to share with you about uh, a memory right here. So I know we can't go many places right now. We're not supposed to travel a lot. But one of my favorite places to go to is Michigan's Upper Peninsula, a little town called Cedarville, where my in-laws live and where my wife grew up. I love going up there. They live on one of the Great Lakes, uh, Lake Huron, and outside uh, in front of their house are 36 uh, little islands. And it's just incredible. It's a beautiful place. And what I love to do when I'm there is to jump in their boat and just cruise around the water and cruise around the islands. Here's a picture of my captain. If you don't know, uh, that is my wife, Jess. And Jess has been driving boats since she was about eight years old. She's comfortable with boats, confident. She knows the water, loves the water. And so when we're up there, she's the captain. And I sit back and enjoy it. And she knows where to go. She drives herself over the place. One of the things we really enjoy is on a sunny, warm day, um, Jess will drive us up to um, a sandy beach area. And my job is to go in the back of the boat as she's driving us up and I grab the anchor out the back and then I drop it into the, into the sand. And so the weight of the anchor immediately carries it down. It locks into the earth. And then the more that we're out there when the wind is moving the boats and the water, um, sand will keep piling upon the anchor as it digs deeper into the ground. And so it locks our boat in place like it doesn't move. And I see an anchor like anxiety. I think of anxiety like an anchor because like the anchor locks, uh, you know, the boat into the earth. So also anxiety, I feel like, locks us into the things of the earth. So let me explain. What I found in my own life and in talking with other people who struggle uh, with worry and anxiety, it's often that we start struggling with those things when our lives become consumed with the worries and fears of this world and this life. It's when we take our eyes off of God and instead focus on all the issues pertaining to this world and this life. But remember, that is not God's heart for us. It's not his desire. If you're a Christian, if you put your faith in Jesus, you've been brought out of the kingdom of this world and placed into the kingdom of God, like it talks about in Colossians 1. Or just a couple weeks ago, how Anthony talked about in Philippians 3, that our citizenship is in heaven. 
that through Christ, God has placed us in a new kingdom and given us a new way to live, that we can actually experience real life. We can actually experience real joy. We, we can actually experience real peace. And so God's desire is not that we focus and be consumed with the things of this world, but to actually live out our citizenship, which, which is in heaven. And so does that mean that we don't think about all the stuff that's taking place in our world? Does it mean that we just overlook everything that's happening and just act like nothing's going on? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But what it does mean is that the crisis that is going on inside of this world does not have to result in a crisis in our souls. Okay, let me say that again. What it means is that in the midst of the crisis that's going on in the world, that doesn't have to result in a crisis taking place within our souls. God wants us to have peace. So let's see how we get it. Go back to Philippians 4. Verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious. Um, other translations say, do not worry. This is a common phrase I think many believers have heard, and I've often heard people say this to people when they're struggling. They'll say something like, well, Bible says don't worry, so don't. Bible says don't be anxious, so don't be anxious. Um, when I've heard that, it's like, thanks, but no thanks. You know, that's, that's really not the whole story. God has so much more. And the way that you get out of anxiety is not by trying to not be anxious. The way that you move from anxiety to peace is by following what he says next. And so let's just keep on going. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. This is the key. I want to explain this section by looking at a lot of different key words. And the first is anxious. So underline anxious or circle it. We've talked about anxious a little bit already. It grows in the ground of what ifs by distracting us from Jesus, weighing us down, and locking us into the things of the earth. And spiritually, it's pretty serious. That's why God urges us not to live there. He says, do not be anxious about anything. That's the next word. So underline or circle anything. Other translations say, be anxious for nothing. Here's the point. Why does God tell us, do not be anxious about anything? It's because God knows that there is nothing in this world that we as believers need to be anxious about. There's nothing that we as believers need to be anxious about. God, through Jesus, has invited us to live a life where nothing needs to cause us fear or worry. All throughout Scripture, you see God saying to us over and over again, be not afraid, do not fear. Hear this. Because of who our Father is and because of what He can do and because of His love for us, there is nothing that we as believers need to be anxious about. I think about it like this. One of my really good friends, um, when his son was two or three years old, his son thought that he was absolutely invincible. And so I just remember seeing this over and over again where his son would be scared or worried and he'd just cry out for his dad. And then his, his dad, who's kind of a big, strong guy anyway, would go grab his son, pick him up in his arms, and hold him tightly against his chest. 
And it was almost like you could see on the little boy's face that he would just almost instantly just relax and be at peace. He was fully confident. He was fully confident in his dad's love for him and his dad's power. And as God's kids, that's how we need to be with him too, confident that when we're worried or scared that he will come in, reach around us, give us a great big hug, and hold on to us tightly. He wants us to have that perspective that we are loved by an incredible, all-powerful God and that we can rest in that peace. That's how God desires for us to be with him too. But just because we don't need to be anxious about anything, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have to wrestle through these feelings and thoughts when they come up. Like God knows our humanity. He realizes that things are going to come up, that things are going to happen in our world and in our lives that are going to cause us to have to wrestle through these emotions and feelings. So he gives us a game plan, which is what we're going to be talking about. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, no matter what situation, world crisis, our current crisis right now, no matter what it is, by prayer, supplication, and with thanksgiving, bring your request, your request to God. This is God's game plan for moving us from anxiety to peace, and I want to walk through it. So step one, step one is pray. Talk to God about it. The word pray that Paul uses here is the most generic term for just communicating with God. Basically, he is saying, bring up whatever anxiety that is weighing you down to God and talk about it. So if this is your anxiety anchor, it's like, God, this is all the stuff that is bothering me. This is all the stuff that is weighing me down, and I'm just going to tell him all about it. It's just saying, God, this is the weight of all the stuff that I have. And I'm just telling you about what is going on. And so this is what I've been doing. I've been writing down in my journal, you know, the way that I connect with God and the stuff I pray about. I've been praying right in there. God, this is what's causing me anxiety. Uh, the allergies and the asthma that I have are causing me anxiety because it's making me think about this coronavirus and what could happen if I get it. God, this is what it is. And so I encourage you, first step, pray. Tell God about what you're anxious about. And, you know, if you feel some kind of weight, don't know what it is, then just ask him to reveal that to you and then tell him all about it. And so that's step one. Step two is a little more specific. Step two is ask for specific requests. So, the scripture says supplication. Some of your versions may say petition. This is more a specific prayer word that refers to making requests for uh, particular benefits. So it's not just like we're talking to God about what's going on, but we're actually saying, okay, God, this is what I have, and now asking him to work in specific, miraculous ways within those things that you're worried about. He's saying, don't just bring it to him, but actually ask him to do something with it, right? Um, Hebrews eleven six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to come to God because anyone who comes must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so we need to come before God, believing that he is who he says he is, but that also he's going to reward those who earnestly seek him. Church, God has and will continue to answer prayer. 
Paul is telling the church here, ask God specifically for what you would like him to do. And I feel like Paul is saying the same thing to us. Don't just tell him about your anxiety. Ask him to heal you. Ask him to protect you. Ask him to supernaturally provide groceries for your family on the front porch. Ask him to supernaturally provide an incredible job by opening a door for you for a job that you never thought you could have. We get to ask him those things as his sons and daughters. You know, I've heard so many stories over the years of God showing up in awesome ways. The story of the groceries on the front porch was from another friend of mine whose family was struggling when they were younger and they would get together and pray and they learned to depend on God and groceries would just show up. I've heard so many stories of people getting jobs that they never thought were possible because God opened doors. When Anthony and I were in India, uh, a, a year ago, you know, we, we met with a pastor who was praying that they would be able to find water. And God provided a well of water right next to his house. And we saw him and we saw all the people in the village coming to that place to get water and then to hear about the living water of Jesus. In my own personal life, my parents were told for a long time by medical professionals that they could not biologically have children. But yet along came myself and my sister. God isn't unable or unwilling to work in miraculous ways. In fact, God explains to us in his word that nothing is impossible for God, that he can do more than we can ever ask or imagine. So we need to ask him. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a Christianity that is devoid of miracles and devoid of supernatural acts of God. I would rather see God show up in big ways, and that requires me and all of us to ask him to do big things. So we have to ask him in specific ways, but how we ask is super important, and that's step three. We must ask with thanksgiving. This is crucial. When we talk to God, you, you know, when we're asking for big and specific things, we must ask with a thankful heart. Because a thankful heart is not proud and demanding, but humble and full of awe of who our God is. Practicing thanksgiving in prayer is powerful because it shifts the attention off of ourselves and off of all of what we're bringing and really puts it on God and opens our eyes up to see who God is. So yes, we're supposed to talk about, uh, talk about uh, what's on our heart with God. Yes, we're supposed to ask him to do miraculous things, but it must all be done within the confines of thankfulness. As Psalm 100 explains, we are ushered into the courts of the Lord, into the presence of God through thanksgiving and humility. And we need to be thankful because of Jesus, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. You know, it's, it's, not, just, it's not just being thankful for like the little blessings, you know, like a car or food or people. It's going deeper. It's being thankful that we have an awesome, great God who is so faithful and is so good. You know, oftentimes I feel like when we pray, we, we don't understand what is happening. We just nonchalantly, you know, come and we just start talking. But we miss the fact that when we pray, we are actually 
coming before the creator of the entire earth, the one that made everything out of absolutely nothing, the one that just spoke his word and everything was made. We are talking to the one who is outside of time, the one who was at the beginning and far after the end, the alpha and the omega. That is the God that we are talking to, the ultimate king and authority over everything. And that God is one who loves us with a fierce and an intense love that is beyond our comprehension. We need to be thankful that we even get to come into the presence of this awesome God and be thankful that he even hears us. We need to say that, God, thank you that we can even come into your presence and that you are listening and that you're hearing. God, thank you. We need to be thankful that our God is faithful. We need to be thankful that he's faithful to his word and to his promises. We need to be thankful that that is who he is. It's all about having this thankful heart. Thankful that no matter what happens in this life, he is with us. No matter what happens in this world, we have an assurance that forever we are going to be with this all-powerful God who loves us so much. We have to be thankful for that. We have to pray with a thankful heart like that because it changes us. It changes us. Even now, as I'm talking about the greatness of God, I just feel like this faith is rising up in me that, yes, my God can do anything. Yes, my God loves me. Yes, my God is with me in the midst of what I'm going through. And so we need to tell him about what's going on. We need to ask him to do big things. And we need to come with a thankful heart that sees him and recognizes how incredibly blessed we are by an all-powerful God who loves us. And an all-powerful God that can do anything. So look back at Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, one of our words, highlight, underline, supplication, highlight, underline, thanksgiving, highlight, underline. It says, let your request be made known to God. The NIV translates it, present your requests to God. This is the idea that I'm presenting all that's on my heart. I'm asking him to do big things. And then I am presenting it to him. I am laying it down at his feet. This is step four, release. So we talk to him, we ask him all within Thanksgiving, and then we release it to God. Once we have brought up everything, we need to give it to him. Again, uh, flip with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter is towards the back of the Bible. Um, chapter 5, verse 7. It says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Uh, the NIV might say, Cast all your, your cares on him because he cares for you. As I was thinking about this passage, I looked up these different words, and the word cast is an interesting one. It's only used twice in all of Scripture. It's not the same word that, you know, when um, demons were cast out of people. It's not the same word as they were casting things into the fire. It's a different word. It's only used here in 1 Peter and in Luke 19.35. And in that passage, it specifically refers to when the disciples were casting their cloaks upon the donkey that Jesus would eventually ride into Jerusalem a week before he was crucified. So the word is used as they cast their cloaks onto the donkey. So this word has this idea that one is taking what 
they're holding and actually casting it upon someone or something else. And when I was thinking about it, I was thinking like all the anxiety that, you know, some of us may be carrying, the weight that we're feeling, God wants us to cast that upon him, to, to let it go. And I, I got this image in my head. Um, I'll even put it up on the screen for you. I was in my journal. I was praying about this verse. And I just got this picture and I actually drew it out, as you can see here. So there's me, a little tiny stick figure. And then, you know, the chain is like the anchor. And I just had this, uh, this picture in my mind of this humongous hand, you know, coming down next to me and just asking me to, to release it into him. And so, um, you know, that's what I did. So uh, like here, you know, I just think about this anchor that we all, uh, you know, the weight that we feel, the anxiety, and, you know, like I've talked to God about it. I've asked to do him, ask him to do big things in it, thankful. And then it's just this like release of it, you know, like I'm just <coughs> casting it out to God. I'm letting it go. And the interesting thing was, after I drew that little picture out, um, I felt, I felt in my heart like him just saying, thanks, Tony. It's like cast your cares on him because he cares for you. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to be overwhelmed by that. He wants us to realize that he is a good, loving, all-powerful father that can, that can wrap us up into his arms and we can find his peace because he loves us and he's over everything. That's what he desires. And so just like casting that out to him, he's just like, you know, thanks. I want that from you because I love you so much. And then it goes, you know, the verse goes on to say, back in Philippians 4, you know, we, we present these requests to God, we release them to him. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And uh, I just really want to finish with this this morning. Thinking about that peace that surpasses understanding. A few years ago, I was asked to meet with a man who was dying, um, pretty close to death, actually. And I didn't really know this guy very well. So the first couple times I met with him, it was just really asking a lot of questions about his life. And um, the more I got to know him, the more questions I asked, I realized that he was scared of, of dying and what, you know, life looked like when it ended on this earth and what was next. And he had a lot of anxiety in his heart about it. And so over the next two months, um, as we met, I just kept telling him a lot about Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus did, Jesus' love for him, his forgiveness. And, you know, he shared a lot with me. He got a lot of stuff off his heart, confessed different things, just talked about his life. And we just kept praying together um, that Jesus would reveal like his love, his forgiveness, his goodness to this man. And then I remember uh, showing up one day. It was a warm, sunny um, summer morning. And just coming into his house, we sat down at the kitchen table and he just looked at me and he's like, Tony, I, I think I'm crazy. Am I crazy? He's like, I, I just don't, I I'm not scared anymore. Am I, am I losing my mind? I'm not, I just don't feel, I don't feel like it's there anymore. It's gone. And uh, I loved hearing him say that because he's like, I can't believe that the fear isn't there anymore. I can't believe that the anxiety is gone. 
and he just had peace. And I love hearing about that because it's like God had given him this peace that did not make sense to him. And I think that's what God really desires for all of us. And the key is that his situation hadn't changed. You know, his body wasn't healed. Um, But his soul was healed. His soul was set free from the anxiety and the fear of death. And God replaced that with a peace that just did not make any sense. And that is what God wants for us. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. You can find peace by talking to God, by asking to work in big ways, by couching that all in thankfulness and presenting and releasing those uh, requests to him. And then just, just, uh, just to end, you know, he says that, that peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that word guard, is a, it's a military term. It's, uh, it's this idea um, that one will be protected by a military guard to prevent hostile invasion It's also used as a word to preserve one for the attainment of something. And so it's really like God gives us his peace and then he posts guards on our mind and over our heart. You know, it's kind of like protecting our emotions, protecting our mind from the crazy thoughts that run through it Um, and really preserving that peace that is within us. You know, that is who our God is. He loves us. He wants us to know that there's no need to be anxious because of who he is and because of his extravagant love for us. And so if you are in Jesus today, you have a father who loves you and is all-powerful and wants you to find a peace that does not make any sense to you. That's what we can have in Jesus. Again, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Bring your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Church, let's take this to heart. Let's bring whatever it is on our heart to God. Let's ask him to do big things. Let's be thankful and then let's let those go and just find that peace that only comes from him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the truth in it. I thank you for the power of your spirit that makes those things known to us. God, I pray for all those who may be just feeling the weight of what's going on in our world. God, I pray that you'd reveal to them that you are a God who is much higher, much greater, much bigger than anything this world has to offer. God, I also pray that you would uniquely reveal your love to them in a very personal way that they'd know that they're loved by an all-powerful and good king. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you give peace that transcends understanding. And Lord, I pray that we would lock our eyes and our hearts upon you, our good and gracious Father. Lord, thank you for all you've done, for who you are. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.